are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hi everyone, this is Tony and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. As with every episode, we start off this one saying that the intended audience are newcomers to pharmacy informatics. So last time we talked about uh, client registries. So today we're going to be continuing the topic and going into a little bit more detail about how uh, other things are considered in client registries, such as data quality, metadata, and data standards. We will talk about algorithmic matching and how client registries relate to that, but not on today's episode. That's going to be a future episode. So one of the big issues with, uh, or not issues, but rather challenges with client registries is uh, the integration of that data. It really depends on matching the personal identifier attributes, which we talked about last time, which could be, you know, demographics, um, patient names, date of birth, all those kind of different things. And of course, you've probably heard about garbage in, garbage out, which means it's all reliant on what data and quality of data is captured at that point of care. There's a lot of preparation of data that needs to be done when um, an organization is going to be joining a health information exchange kind of a system or network. So they may not have the resources to do this effectively or efficiently when they're trying to join or when they have a new patient. So that becomes uh, challenging whenever, you know, you try to get registered for these client registries. So there's like three points of when data is uh, used. So that's in data entry, data collection, and data querying. In any of these steps, there can be errors which cause issues to the data. So uh, it would kind of just cause issues of client registries not being able to grab the right information to match them up correctly. So usually these kind of uh, errors can be, you know, maybe phonetic misrepresentations, typographical inaccuracies, or morphological confusion. So there's just some terms, but to define them, phonetically is when a spoken word has different handwritten representation. So when you speak something or say a word, it can be phonetically translated incorrectly when they actually type it out or write it out. I could actually just say this with a Vietnamese last name of Nguyen, which can phonetically just sound like W-I-N, or sometimes it may sound like it should be spelled H-U-Y-N-H, or uh, the correct way is actually N-G-U-Y-E-N. So, you know, just things that phonetically sound similar and then can be represented by spelling it differently. Another type of error, which we kind of talked about was the typographical, which is just, you know, just typos, right? When they're typing out a whole word, they could miss something, they could flip a letter here or there, or they could be typing it out and not like um, double checking their work. So that's typographical error. And then the last one that I kind of said was a morphological confusion. So that's when, uh, how do I say this? That's when you're mixing things up where they look the same, like an L, lowercase L can be similar to a one. Or maybe a zero can be mixed up with like a letter O that's capitalized. So again, I mentioned this, uh, you know, it sounds like this is mostly data entry issues. But even when you're doing data querying, like when the provider is trying to query the data that they're looking for, they could also put in the information incorrectly. So they will be querying for something that's not really right. And it will pull back zero results or something like that. So that's about like data quality in terms of like data mistakes that you are, are doing when you enter or when you're listening and things like that. But when you're actually having issues data where it's just straight up inaccurate, you can't really prevent that, right? You could prevent the types of mistakes where people are doing typos or phonetic confusion or morphological confusion, but you can't really do a lot of prevention when someone's just giving you the inaccurate information. I mean, some of the things are like, you know, hey, what's the patient's last name? Sure, at the time that they enter it, it's accurate. Whether they get married, they get married, they change their surname. It's up to them to kind of know to tell people that this surname has been changed. Otherwise, it's now inaccurate in the system. And the same way goes the other way too. When divorces happen, right, their surname gets changed again. And since we're on the topic of names, 
surnames can be used differently uh, in different cultures. So, or even different cultures may think of like a surname and a first name being different than what we think of surname and first name. So, for example, in Vietnamese cultures, uh, which I am a Vietnamese person, uh, we usually go by last name, then first name as a way that we kind of answer to someone when they ask about our name. But in American culture, of course, you go by first name, then last name. So if there's like a confusion there when they're being asked that question, and then they provide that answer as a last name, first name, and the person on the other end was actually looking for a first name and last name, now you got that flipped. So that's going to be inaccurate as well. And, you know, similarly, uh, we can talk about date of birth as, as well. So in the US, it's mostly a month, date, and then year. But again, like with other countries who people have immigrated from to the US, such as, you know, for me, it's Vietnamese, like my parents came from Vietnam to come here, um, they're used to entering date of birth in as day, month, and then year. So getting that information in, like, for example, if it was like a, a low number, like, like, let's say, January 5th, right, and 1980, then you in the US, you would put that as 1-5-1980. But then if you're coming from another country where they use it differently, it would be 5-1-1980. So there's some confusion there as well. So that's that about like data quality, but let's talk about metadata and standards. So metadata is the data about the data. So in relation to that, there needs to be ways to standardize how information is understood in the system. So client registries, they attempt to standardize the identifier fields. So some of the standards they use are the HL7 patient identifier cross-reference, which is PICS, and uh, HL7 patient demographic query, which is PDQ, uh, some other countries as well, Philippines, National Health Data Dictionary, um, ISO is International Standards Organization, and, you know, just all these different kind of standards. So client registries can improve the way that they link patient records by limiting sections or fields on, like, what type of data can be entered into that field. So, you know, for example, like, if you have a lab result, it can only be in numbers, it can't be, like, in, in uh, letters and things like that. Um, so so then they, they also use, like, parsing out components and standardizing the attributes. So by having these fields kind of limit what kind of input can be entered into it, they keep it a little bit more standard. So like if you have something that is an address, like a, a zip code, right? You cannot have a zip code that is not like a five-digit number if it's in the U.S. Or uh, you can't have a street number that is full of letters and things like that. So it, it makes sure that each of the components, when the data comes in, it's going to come in and then it's going to match up correctly to that type of data. And by doing so, it really helps with like getting the data to be interoperable and working well with the client registries. So next time we're going to be talking about like the algorithms that are used to kind of like match up the patients in the client registries. And that's kind of like the primary point of using client registries. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Select group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal.